All right. Thanks, Mike. Okay, so we're going to talk about yonder and delightful today. Those are the key words for the day, so we'll write it down how many times you've seen them. Actually, that's not true. Um, obviously, you guys know, well, most of you know, major tragedy, you know, for me in my little life or whatever, um, about, I guess it's been eight weeks now? Is that right? Seven weeks? The 17th was when it happened in February. But the 17th in February, I cut my finger off. Most of you guys know that. But if you don't know that, there it is. It's gone. It's not coming back. And um, today we're going to be talking about pretty much what God is doing and has done in my life through this time of trial and um, just great question. That's the only word I can come up with is um, the question, why? You know, as, as many of us ask this question. And today we're going to be talking about that why and we're going to be talking about what Scripture came to me and how Scripture came alive in, in me through this particular tragedy. But I do want you to know I am not perfect. I am not great. I am none of those things. And I was an absolute baby and a brat and depressed and excited and all of those things through this whole great thing. So as we're coming out of the shoot and the end of what has been the tragedy, um, I didn't always have this great of an outlook. So I don't want to get your expectations up to something that's great, but I really honestly felt pushed down. So we're going to play something for you real quick, and then I will start again. This is kind of fun being able to roll the video back there. You know, whatever. (laughs) So not that I'm a runner, but how inspiring, huh? You know, and... What he said there at the end, you know, not the prettiest, but he did it. And take care of this lad. I really feel that that's what God says to us. As we start to run, as we start to walk in our journey in our life, God shows up in just tremendous ways. And there are so many times where As we are running the race, as we have started and we have the greatest intentions and we've trained and we've pushed so hard to get to a certain place, we get pushed or we trip and we fall. And what you, all of us, as we watch something like that, you know, get up, lad, get up, lad, you know, finish the race, you know. That's it, you know, in our hearts and in our minds. And I know that a lot of you encouraged me through this, you know, you'll be back, you'll be back. I really didn't think I would be able to play again. I mean, I knew I kind of would, but man, we've had some crazy trials at home just through this or whatever. But that whole spirit of get up, lad, is our walk. Do you believe that? I mean, because as God has put passions in us and God has created us for a very purpose in a, in a way, in, a, in a, a place in this life, we're going to have tragedies. We're going to fall down. We're going to be pushed. We're going to be crushed. We're going to lose part of who we are and our bodies at times. But what does that do in your walk? What does that do in your family? What does that do for your relationship with Jesus Christ? What does it do? No matter what questions you ask as you ask why, the answer is really you're going to search deeper for God to do something in you. Why did this thing happen to me? And 10,000 reasons can come up. 10,000 different things with no satisfaction. 
None for the true answer. Why would God allow the worship leader at our little fellowship to lose the finger on his left hand that he needs to do the worship that everyone, not everyone, but everyone says they enjoy so much. (laughs) My wife's the one that's like, I didn't say I enjoy that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Kind of. Right, honey? She knows when I make mistakes. It's pretty funny. Um, You know, why not this hand? I don't need this finger on this hand. Why this hand? And you can ask yourself that. Why did I drive my truck that particular day when I drive my motorcycle every single day? I slam my hand in my car truck door um, at work and sliced off my finger. How? Why? And I'm never going to find that answer. I'm never going to know it. Not this side of heaven. I'm never going to know it. Other than I know that my God is good. My God is great. My God has a plan and a purpose for me. And I know with beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I came here to California, met my wife, and I was standing in Harvest Christian Fellowship for the very first time watching that band in the secular band doing the whole nine things that God placed his hands and his shoulder on my shoulders and whispered into my heart, this is what I have for you. It was as audible as anything in my life and as strong and as passionate as anything I've ever heard. So with that, I keep my hope. And with that, I know that God has some plan, some purpose, some reason for a tragedy to happen to me that I may go on to see. I don't know today. I won't know today. But I do know that there's triumph in the word of God. I do know that my God is good. So before I continue and get crazy and on the second page without even going through here, I want to ask you guys to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And I'm just going to read from this because I don't have the same version. Um, and it'll just be weird probably. So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. When I was in great pain, you know, you, you ask the questions, you really pray, you know, God, what in the world is going on? I mean, you know, we work to work, but this is what I do. You know, I work to pay bills. This is what I do. This is what I want to do. This is my passion, my, my strength in life. The things that I really look forward to every week is, you know, the 25 minutes that, you know, I get to play. This is what I consider my work and my passion as far as work is concerned, for sure. Paul speaking says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sakes, I delight in my weakness in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It wasn't long after this happened that that this scripture kind of, you know, really kind of reigned true in my life. As you, as I felt the pain of, you know, being my finger reattached and all that kind of stuff, 
It was a lot. I mean, it was intense pain, crybaby pain, you know. I mean, I sit there in the bathroom area, whatever you call that area that you get ready in that's not the bathroom, um, holding my hand and just crying. And Melissa was like, what is up? And I'm like, this hurts so bad. I don't even know what to do. It just hurts. And there's nothing she could do. She was helpless to help me other than just to be there. And then we called my son who had better drugs than I had. So, cause he had his collarbone redone and he had better drugs. So he brought them over and the pain was definitely relieved. Percocet is a beautiful thing when you're in a lot of pain. Uh, that's all I have to say. I guess it's addictive. I didn't really like the way it made me feel, but oh my goodness, did it feel good when I couldn't feel pain. But I sat there and really wondered, what is up with this? I mean, when you look at Melissa and my journey through life, and most of you guys know some of the stories and, and all of that stuff, I mean, I really related to Paul in this, but also in that pain, I really thought about what Jesus went through on the cross, how that must have just been horrific to be beat before he was on the cross, cat of nine tails and all of those things that he got hit. And when you watch the passion, you see it and it hurts to see it, but to feel a really intense pain that you can do nothing about brings that to life so much more. And you see... If you know the story in the scriptures about Paul, you know he was beaten like that a few times. You know, he was shipwrecked. He had went through all kinds of just crazy trials and crazy things that happened to him. And his life, man, I mean, you know, he probably was missing fingers too, you know. I mean, he was just torn up. And as he prayed to God in this to have this thorn in the flesh, he called it this, this thing removed from him, God basically tells him, Your grace, my grace is sufficient for you. And he comes to the realization and he, he goes through the scripture and he shares it for really for me, I feel, and for you. Because, you know, we are going to go through things that we don't understand. We are. I mean, you know, the other day, well, it's Friday. Every Friday I go to my appointment. There's a guy missing his arm from right here. And as you sit there and you, you're in the lobby of this specialist, everyone who's in there is missing something. You know, mine wasn't as bad as most. But they all, you know, it's like, oh, that just happened today. Oh, he's a week in. Okay, he's three weeks in. She's four weeks in. Oh, that guy got hurt really bad, you know, or whatever. And we're all sitting there with the same things, and we're all in a lot of pain. So things happen that we can't explain and we don't understand. But God says... I'm with you. I'm here. We know those things. And you really have to cling to them. That's the only thing you can do when you don't understand. In James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. Wow. Okay, so these things happen to us so that we can be mature, complete, lacking nothing. And I would say compassionate. 
Because the things that we are going through cause us to rethink the things that we say to others. You just don't throw out all things together work for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose when someone's going into a tragedy. Because you know what? It's just blah, 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 blah at that point. God has to come through there. The best thing is to just sit and wait and know God will get you through. It's difficult. There's no words. Whatever your tragedy is, whatever it is, God will get you through. Again, as I look back on our life, I mean, you know, I've lost jobs. I've lost major amounts of work. We've lost our house. Um, I lost my wife for three years. We were separated for three years and got back together. Um, God allowed us to have kids. Uh, you know, we have four, but the second, once we got back together, we had two more. Um, and one of them has, you know, some eating issues and some things, sensitivity problems. And it causes us to be aware of kind of what not to say and what to say and to be passionate towards others. And as God has done all of these things, I see his work in our life. I see how we can help and how we can minister and how we can be compassionate to those that we fall in our, in our lives. I mean, it's amazing to me how it works. You know, Melissa and I keep this journal. And um, it's nothing fancy or big. And you know what? You guys who are married, I really encourage you to do this. This is the coolest thing that we've ever done um, it's just a little book that's got blank pages on it, and we write each other, sometimes a whole page, sometimes a paragraph, sometimes a sentence, sometimes it just says, where are you? <laughs> you know, whatever, like, I've been writing for weeks and you haven't, you know, opened the book or whatever. But as we go through that book and we look through that thing, you see the things in our lives. You see what God was doing and what we were praying for and asking for and desiring and how... Pages later, or maybe books later, God answers those prayers. God answers that thing. God gives us those things that we were asking for or desiring. And then we get to, you get to experience what they tasted like as he gave them to us. Because, you know, um, the other day we were reading and Melissa went back a little bit. And um, we moved to Georgia in August, I think we got there. We rented a house in August. We left, I think, in, I don't know. July, rented our house in August. Um, in October, I wrote in the book, I think we made a mistake. In October. Now, we had gone years wanting to move there, prepping and doing everything that we could. God opened the door, and in that quick of a month or a few months, um, I felt like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And you see the struggles through the book as, you know, did we do the right thing? Let's have faith in the Lord. We're going to, you know, he opened the door. Let's go full out. Let's do this. And, you know, we learned a whole lot. And let me tell you something. I don't desire to move ever again, not even into the, uh, out of the house, you know? Not, and, you know, yeah, that's great. You guys are like, woo! But let me tell you, that taste is completely out of our, not my, our life. And my kids, you know, the older one's 25 years old this year, holy cow, you know, and his wife and uh, my 21-year-old son going to be this year, uh, they have no desire to leave. They know now. I've tasted and I've seen, and that is not what I want. 
And how good is God to allow us to go through those things? How faithful is God to be able to bring us through and and give us what we, we desire, and then He's so faithful to take you full circle and bring you back to what He knows you need? what he knows you, you desire and what you really, really want. You know, sometimes we just keep pestering so much that I think God goes, here go, go ahead. You're going to hate it, but I'm going to allow it because it's not going to hurt you that bad. It's going to set you back a little bit, but go ahead. I'm good with that. Go, knock yourself out. And how cool is that? I mean, think about that. I mean, it's just like when your parents gave you the car for the first time. It's like, yeah, go ahead. You're like... <gasps> I gotta be really careful, <laughs> you know. Why? Because he let me do it, you know, or whatever. And it's just a it's just amazing thing how God has worked through our lives and how through the trials and the things that we face, the one thing remains the same that God is good and his mercy endures forever, and that he cares about us so much that we can, through tragedy, through triumph, through everything that we do, just give it over to God. And just allow him to move in us and through us. As we run, we're going to get pushed down. Job. You know, Job is a whole study in itself. And you guys know this. I mean, I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, you've heard the stories. And when, when Job goes through what he goes through and doesn't curse God and doesn't, you know, blame God for what's going on, that is amazing. You know, I don't know that I could say that. And I just had a little tiny little, you know, little, little problem, in my opinion. Just a little hiccup in life as you look back, you know. And I don't think that I blamed God, but I sure questioned God a whole lot about, am I supposed to be a worship leader? Do you not want me to do this? Do, is it, you know, and it has opened my eyes that, you know, maybe my wife points this out because she's brilliant. You know, maybe God is showing you that you need help that the way that you do it by yourself all the time is maybe not what he has, and you're not going to do this unless he takes you out so that you can ask for help and you can raise up other people in the church to help you and to worship me. And I was like, he could have just said something, you know. <laughs> Somebody can walk up and go, hey, I play guitar and sing really good, and, you know, I want to... When do you practice? That would have been pretty easy, <laughs> you know, but... But would I have listened? And, you know, you just go through those things. But Job is a, a, a great study. And in Job chapter 1, verse 20 and 22, it says, At this, Job got up and tore his clothes. He lost everything, except for his wife there. At this, Job got up and tore his robe, and he shaved his head. Now, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. So I wasn't that mournful, I guess. And then he fell to the ground in worship, and he said, Naked? I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with any wrongdoing. You know, there's a peace that we have when we know that God is in control. It's just a peace. It's an unexplainable peace, I think. And as we go through the emotions that we go through, we can trust in the fact that God has pulled us through. God has pulled so many through. God has done incredible things in every single one of our lives. As you look back, as you watch and see, this is just one of those times that God will triumph 
in whatever happens. It draws us closer to Him. It makes us seek after Him where we weren't before. You wonder, if you never have a trial, you never have difficulty, would you really go to another depth and level with God that you do when you go through something you don't understand? I don't think I would. Would you? Maybe you will. Maybe you're better than I am. You know, there's a story. Um, I watched it. You know, I'm watching some of these inspirational videos and stuff. And, I, I, you know, I, I think of Paul. I think of the race. I think of what we're on and stuff. And Chariots of Fire, 1991, that came to my mind. And I looked for the clip and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. You know, I just want to get up and I just want to run. And as you um, go through these things, there was a clip that says, talks about being successful and what makes you successful and how you can be successful. And, and this very successful man had someone come up to him and say, hey, look, I want to be successful like you. I really want to be successful just like you do. And the guy says, okay, you want to be successful? Meet me on the beach at four in the morning tomorrow and, and I'll, 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 I'll mentor you. And so the guy shows up there, he's in his suit, you know, he's ready to be successful on the beach. And the wise man shows up, the businessman shows up and he says, all right, I want you to step into the water. The guy's like, what? I thought we were going to go be successful. He goes, no, I want you to step in the water. He says, all right, I want to be successful, so I step in the water. And the guy steps in the water, he goes, go a little deeper. He goes a little deeper, go a little deeper, he's up to here. Go a little deeper. And the man walks in when he gets that deep. And he says, I want you to go deeper. He's under the water. The man holds him down. And he 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 holds him down. And right before he's able to pass out, right before he feels his body just getting ready to pass out, he pulls him up. And he says, if you want to be successful, you need to desire success like you desire the air you breathe. When you desire the air you breathe and desire success that much, then you will be successful. And you know, I don't care about success as much as I care about breathing, but I do care about pursuing God um, because success is so relative in my opinion. Through all the ups and downs, the one thing I'm successful in is with my family and with my wife. That love that I have, when we write in there, life is really going really good. Those moments are what we capture. Those moments are better than anything that I've ever done. When you see your kids shine, when you see things happen, when you experience God's face in worship and you know God is still there touching me just like that first night when I decided, you know what, yeah, I think I'm going to change my life around. I, I think I want to listen to him. Those are the moments that we look back on. When we desire God like we desire our breath, that's when you're talking about a depth. That's when you're talking about a relationship. There's a piece as you continue to read Job, and it's a crazy, crazy book. I'll, and most of you guys know this whole story, but, you know, he asks a lot of questions and God finally shows up. You know, not that he's late, but he shows up and he says, hey, Job. I just got a question for you. You're asking me all these questions, you know, why, 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 why? And 
I just want to know, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? What? Yeah, and, and where were you at when, when I commanded the dawn to come up? And I, and I told it to know um, its place. Caused dawn to know its place. Where were you at? Uh, yeah, I uh, got no answer for that, Lord. I wasn't around. Yeah, but I was. God says, and when we have that peace of knowing where God is in our lives, when we have that peace to know that, you know what, this is what it is, God is in control. You can stop asking that question, why, 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 and say, what now? And when you turn that curve and you say, what now, God, it really honestly opens up a wealth of who God is. Because you can go back to the things that you know about God. God is great. God is stronger. God is magnificent. God is omnipotent. God is all of these things. You can fill in the blank for whatever your God says that He is to you when when you're in that moment. You know our God is an awesome God. You know those things. How great is our God? And that's not even a word that comes close to describing what would happen. I mean... Holy cow, if you think about who God is and and that you're so created by Him and that everything is around you and that is in you is all through Him and by Him, you just marvel. At least I do. And then when when He touches you and gives you a talent or a an ability to do something well. You know, and it doesn't matter that, you know, you sing or that you play guitar or whatever. Listen, nobody wants a guitarist fixing their car. You want a mechanic. Someone who's passionate about those things. When you get an owie, you don't want anyone but your mommy. You know? That's the way it is. We have all been blessed with different talents and abilities and gifts and they please God how we use them and how we give them back to Him. I am learning so much more through the difficult things that we go through and how God is shaping me and molding me with His very hands and it gives me great pleasure. But... It also hurts. When he shaves this away, and he turns that, and he takes this part out of your life, and he adds to something that just doesn't feel right, but he's going to mold it and shape it in, in time, and he's going to use these things and tools to get you where you are, God is good. And that's where we can find our comfort. That's why, you know, Paul says, therefore I boast, more gladly about my weakness. Why? Because God is made perfect through that weakness. God is the one that is is seen, not me, that I can do this. I hope you guys don't go, wow, Danny's really great. He can play with two fingers. No, God is really great because he put this desire in me that I can't put it down. I have to do this because that's what God has asked me to do for him to touch him like that. And that nothing else that we do matters if we're not passionate about what God has put in us. You know, my wife has so many strengths and so many things that she does. But being a mom, there's no one like her. 
in my opinion. The way she cares for our kids, the way that she just has that intuition just to know what's going on, that's a passion that she has. You don't have to ask her to be a mom. She just is a mom that totally cares for her children, whether they're 25 or they're 6. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. We have to, in these situations that we go through, trust that our passions and our abilities and the things that God has put in us needs to come out and to move through us. If you keep that in all of the time, it's a miserable thing. You know, um, past year or so, I struggle with depression. You guys are like, you? Um, I mean, bad depression, crazy depression that I didn't really understand. But I'm a whole lot more compassionate about it now. I get it now. And I'm like Mr. Uppity. But when someone's going through something that's crazy like that, I understand what needs to be said. NASCAR's getting ready to start. Hurry up, wrap it up, let's go, come on, it's going to rain. Just kidding. Only in Georgia, right? We're in California, you're all like, NASCAR, they come out here? That's in Fontana, we don't go all the way out there, that's the country. Just kidding. That's the planes going over, I just had to say that. But, you know, we don't have to worry about these things because God is, is, is innocent in this through us. God has given us passions. God is not done doing what he's doing. He wants it to come up and through us. He wants to move in us and through us. And even if it's touching and going through little difficult trials and going through things, huge difficult trials, we can understand and know that God is good and that he's going to use this for some way, somehow, some way to touch other people, to be compassionate about other people just as he is. You know, I never for a second cried out, to God and said, you don't understand my pain. I'm really in pain. I say, well, you know what? You understand it, and I'm just a little wimp right now. You do understand my pain, God. You do understand what I'm going through. You do understand what it's like to feel abandoned and alone. You do understand what it's like to have everything and still be alone. You still know all of these things that touch us and grace us in our lives, and you love us. You've called us. So as we face through things, as we go through trials, as we come across people who go through trials and they're asking why, again, the real question for me now is what now? And this is what I know. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever, that's me, that's you, will have everlasting life. What now? We're saved. You're in. If you believe in Jesus Christ and He is your personal Lord and Savior, not your butler, your personal Lord and Savior, then you're in. It has, there's a foundation that has been laid and now you're on the course. No matter how hard this life is, this is the journey, it's not the destination. What God has for us is so amazing. Even if you run and you're pushed and you have to crawl over the finish line, when you get to the finish line, you will be satisfied. Amen? 
And just as that gentleman, get up, Larry, gets up and runs the race, he knows I will get to the finish line. I just have to do what God has called me to do, and that is run. We're in. No one can take us out of God's hand. No principality, no power can snatch you out of the grip and the hand of God. No one. No matter what. We are in. Amen? Amen. Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. For your works are wonderful and I know that full well. God has made us for a purpose, for a reason, for a time today. Are we running Are we crawling? Are we encouraging? Get up. Not push him down. Get up. I want to run with you. As a church, as a fellowship, it's so important for us to remember that. And I tell you, through the emails and Facebook and all of those things, when there's so much encouragement, you want to get up. You want to race. You want to run. You want to have that because this fellowship, this body of believers desires for you to be what you are called to be. And it's the same thing as Sam is going down to Mexico, has, is coming up actually now, leaving in probably 45 minutes to come up with a group of people. They have gone down there to do a work, to run the race and to make a difference in people's life. How incredible is that? How incredible is that? Peter says in, in uh, 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare his praises, declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If we belong to God, is there any way that we're going to be taking away from him? That's the question. There's no, there's not. If God, the Almighty, has you, there's comfort in that. There's comfort in that. When we say, get up and run, laddie. I love that part, sorry. Psalms 138 verse 8 says, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. And it's almost like you say, I believe God has started a work and he's working in me and through me. I know that. God's not going to abandon that. He who begins a good work is faithful to complete it. We know that. We know these scriptures. Do we run with our chin up to the finish line knowing that this is where we want to go? And that God has given us the ability to get there through no matter what the circumstance, through no matter what is going on in your life. God has blessed you with whatever it is to get to where you're going. And finally, our call is to finish well. What does that mean? Get there with all fervency. There's so many inspirational clips that you watch on YouTube. 
you just put that stuff up, you know, you bring up chariots of fire, there's thousands of them, you know, that start to come up, you know, the greatest thing you'll ever see, you know. And you see these runners and these people who, you know, aren't supposed to win and they win, you know, and you see, um, you know, the guys who hobble across the finish line, you know, and they're, you remember the one where the dad goes out there and carries, oh, I cried like a baby when I saw that. That's it, you know. We just need to get there. No matter what's going on, it doesn't matter why. It matters what we're going to do to get there and how we do that. In 2 Timothy um, 4 or 7, it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is Paul's battle cry. You know, we all consider, I consider it like a brave heart moment, you know. I have fought the good fight. You know, whatever. He's probably not saying it like that. He's probably like, I fought the good fight. I can barely talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever it is. But, you know, in me, it's, you know, that shouting who God is and what he's done. But he fought that good fight. He finished the race. He was ready to cross that finish line. And so many times we use these scriptures and haven't tasted how good they taste. You guys, as you walk in your journey, taste and see that the Lord is good. God has made us for his purpose to feel his pleasure as we run, as we do what it is that we do, whatever that is. God has truly, is truly made strong in our weakness. God is made strong when we realize that he is our Lord. Through the trials and the change, God remains the same. God remains the same. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Do you really believe his word, his scriptures? Are they personal for you? Do you believe that he was there at the foundation of the earth when he laid that foundation? Do you believe that he commands the morning and causes it, causes the dawn to know its place? If you believe this, which we do, then we must run. 